guys, welcome back to the Flick Experience Podcast. This is the host man, Gabriel, here. So I'm going to talk about a little movie that I saw. This is part of a movie review. But also, like I said on my Instagram post last week, you guys could put it on my put it on the comments on Instagram or email me or, or ask me any questions on Spotify by clicking one of the episodes. This is also a Q&A number three, I would believe. And we're going to get to that soon. I have the questions here, mostly from email. So yeah. We're going to get at that to a bit, but first off, the movie that I wanted to review a little bit, which I did post on in- Instagram, is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, or as we like to call it, MI7. This will be a, a quick review, because sometimes I like to do reviews on Instagram very quickly. Sometimes I, I will post it out of the theater experience, or, or sometimes if I have time, I'm, I could just do this right now. But anyway, so Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. This was a really, really well-made film. Not only was it well directed and and the action stunts were cool, but it was really well made. The only only flaw I have with a little bit is just a little bit of the plot because there's supposed to be like you know with the AI intelligence that everyone is talking about right right now that it's sort of like not meta but it's almost like what everyone's going through especially with hollywood it just feels like like so a computer ai is somehow the big bad villain however it's supported by a human villain who's supposed to be like the worshiper no spoilers or anything but somehow ai and his little henchmen are the main villains in the in this film? Basically, a nuclear arms like submarine is explosion kind of went and wrong, and they lost the key. And it's up to Ethan Hunt and his IMF team to go find this nuclear key before or the AI and his henchmen find it and bring another nuclear destruction war across the globe. So he's on a hunt to find the one person, which is Haley Atwell's character, who knows how to find the nuclear key before the AI and its main villain before they get their hands onto it and it's a race across the globe to find the nuclear key and stop the AI before or its mass destruction. Now let me talk about the stunts for a bit. These stunts are probably probably one of the best stunts I've seen. All shot practical and like every Mission Impossible film the, the movies they just keep getting better and better and better with the stunts. Now we all know the stunt that we've seen on YouTube before. It was released before the movie was released, and that was the infamous bike stunt. Oh, yes. The stunt where Tom Cruise is driving on a motorcycle, and once he gets to the top, he fucking jumps out of there a couple thousand feet away with one parachute, gliding down, no safety harness. He's... Literally skydiving the damn thing from the mountain, gliding to get to the train point. And that was, oh, I swear to God, my theater, theater when I saw this film, almost was in shock. And I was like, oh yeah, he's doing it. That's got to be like the best stunt sequence of all time. I mean, I, I, I mean the helicopter sequence from MI6 Fallout, that was really, really good. But this right here, it's almost like it's even matched with it. I mean, Tom Cruise in general... Like I say, he's like the baddest motherfucker I've seen in, in any mo- movies, like movies he's ever been. He is the last movie star, and there's nobody like him. Tom Cruise, anytime I see him, he's the best. So, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Yeah, the plot's a, li- a little confusing a bit on, on the first time watching, but I want to see it again, like I said. But it is, it is a well great 
action film. It's probably the only great action series in the franchise and, and the, probably the best action films ever. I mean, Tom Cruise and along with the other cast of Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames, Vanessa Kirby, and Haley Atwell, Rebecca Ferguson, they're all doing their part and they're really great. This is like one of the well-made best action film series of all time and like Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise and director Christopher McQuarrie with his directing and writing, they make a great duo. So go watch Dead Reckoning Part 1. Even if it's a confusing at first, go watch it again and just keep watching it over and over again because it is a hell of a fun experience and I can't wait for Dead Reckoning Part 2 which comes out next year. And I think this is supposed to be the last one because it's split into two parts. And I can't, I can't wait. Whatever it's going to happen, if they're going to send this character off or whatever happens to the IMF team, whether they succeed their mission or not, I, I just can't wait. So I'm going to give my score to this film a 4 out of 5 G-stars. So go watch Dead Reckoning in your theaters and let me know what you think of this film. Alright, now that that's out of the way, we're now going to Q&A. And this is where I answer all of your questions. And it doesn't have to be movie related, it could be anything from any of my listeners out there, whether, again, from Instagram or from Spotify or by email. Uh, just ask me any anything. My email is on my Spotify. It's also on my Instagram page. Just answer any questions you can ask me, and I will and I will listen to them. Um, and I have have a couple right here. So let's get to it. All right, here we go. All right, here. All right, here's the first one. Hey Gabriel, thoughts on the Barbie film? Uh, the Barbie film. Um. It, it was pretty, it was okay I just think I just think it just felt like a long ass toy commercial slash a long ass SNL sketch it, it was very self-aware like I kind of knew what it was going to be but it but it was like eh, it's okay I don't know if, oh, if it's gonna like last long but it's kind of unforgettable just in my opinion. Gabriel, did you see Oppenheimer? No, not yet, Ed. I'm going to see Oppenheimer tonight, and I will talk about that sooner or later. And that, and I just know, oh, that's going to, that will be great. Even if it's three hours long, I can watch it. I mean, Christopher Nolan, that guy is like a genius director. Hostman, I enjoyed the Mission Impossible movies. What about you? Oh, yeah. I Like I said, I just reviewed it right now. The Mission Impossible series, uh, you know, I enjoy all of them. But if I had to choose a favorite, I would like, I like the MI4, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. That was like the best one in the series. I remember seeing that in theaters back in 2011. That was, that was really, really cool. I love the Burj Khalifa sequence where Tom Cruise is on the building and it has to jump through and glide through to the window. That, that was like the best part in the entire series. Thoughts on Disney right now? Yeah, Disney, oh man. I've heard a lot of people online are complaining about Disney and some of them are like just praising it, but but mostly towards complaining. But sometimes they have good reasons. Disney, I feel like right now with the, you know, it's the same new CEO, but it just feels like every movie and like sort of quote unquote show they're, they're popping out right now, it's just useless content. It's everything by them. It has to have put have like some secret agenda on it. It has to be really, I guess woke. Oh, by the way, and I don't know. None of the movies aren't memorable. It's not memorable. Like like you know what Marvel was doing, or I guess with you know we don't have any classics like Toy Story. It's like 
Disney right now is just a brand. Just label a brand with Disney. Just take it, shove it in your face, but it's forgettable. But just eat it. That's what it is. Just useless content. Do you think the writer acting strike will end? Oh, I don't, I don't know about that one. Listen, I don't like to talk politics, even though this is not political. But um, the writer, the, the acting with the writers strike right now, I hope it will stop maybe by the end of the year because we are nothing is getting done. There hasn't been negotiation. And I'm just like, guys, just negotiate. Give the writers just some money because you have to admit, you got to give the writers credit because without them, we would not have any great films. We would not have great films like Goodwill Hunting or The Dark Knight or even, or even like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Just many other other screenplays. I mean, Pulp Fiction. You, you need to give the writers some credit. You guys have to work something out. So I hope it will end by the end of the year. Just, you know, we need good movies. The audience, we need good movies. Hey, Hostman, I saw Barbie the other night. What happened at the third act? Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but I'll just say the third act, a lot of people did not like the third act. It, it just felt very, like, shoved in your in your face. Like, just, just a, like, a, almost like a virtual sig signaling. Like, hey, 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 look at this, look at this, look at this, reminding you. And I don't know. It was just not odd funny uh, during the third act. But just watch it and tell me what you think of it. Gabriel, thoughts on Deadpool 3 coming soon? Deadpool 3. Um, I'm okay. I'll be honest. I'm a little mixed with Deadpool because I like. I mean, I like the first Deadpool film. I thought Ryan Reynolds was funny. I thought the action sequences and also like. Just him playing the character good. The second one, I wasn't a fan of that much, except for Cable. But I don't know. Every time when a new Deadpool movie comes out, it's just Ryan Reynolds just playing as himself. I get what the character's supposed to be, but it just feels like it's a very self-aware meta humor fourth wall break, and it gets just very, very tiring about it. But Deadpool 3, I could probably see it because, one, Hugh Jackman's back as Wolverine, and we there's a picture of him online with him in the iconic yellow suit. So I might go see it. The one thing I I'm just worried about it is I just hope they don't cut him out out towards the film like in the middle of the film the beginning of the film if he's only in it for one fight sequence and that's it it then I'm just like what was the whole point now mind you this is like pre Logan I just hope they don't waste this character especially with him in the suit and I hope he wears the masks too so Deadpool 3 I'm mixed so I'll have to think about that Hostman, I'm excited for the new DC films coming up. Are you as well? Yeah, I'm really excited for the new DC universe. I mean, Marvel right now, it's just kerplunked down down to the drain. No, no, like, you know, masterpieces or so. Not that, not that, that Marvel always had masterpieces, but it just feels like nobody cares about the phase four, phase five, whatever they're doing. I mean, it's just like, again, useless content like Disney that no one's going to care about. And it's a bunch of side characters now getting their show or movies that we don't even pay attention about. Uh, so it's like, now it's DC's turn. And I'm a fan of both Marvel and DC. So I can't wait for DC. I've been dying for another Superman film. I mean, what they, I mean, they announced the new cast for Superman, especially the new guy taking the role i think he, he looks good for the part i i just cannot wait hate for superman and like yeah uh, i i want to see what this is probably dc's time 
Did you ever watch any 90s Nickelodeon growing up? Um, I did, but it was towards like the final last couple of seasons around the early 2000s. I mean, I know what the cartoons were from Nickelodeon. I, I mean, I, I really loved Rugrats. I loved Cat Dog. I thought like Rock Was a Modern Life was funny. I remember Hey Arnold, but I just remember the early 2000s of Nickelodeon, like Jimmy Neutron, Fairly Odd Parents, even like the first three seasons of Spongebob, but the 90s Nickelodeon, a lot of people consider it is the golden age of Nickelodeon. That was always the best. And yeah, I, I remember watching them, those shows growing up. They, they had great shows back then, Nickelodeon. Nowadays, I don't watch it anymore because they're all forgettable. But that time, at that time, I'm from late 90s and early 2000s. We've had really good shows as a kid. Hey, host man, why is Hollywood lacking creativity? I'll tell you why. It's because Hollywood does not hire really good writers or they just lack this much, barely little thinking. And that, I feel like around the mid 2010s, there was a, there was a really dried out, like a, a drought of films. They couldn't create any more films, so they're just, just rehashing old ideas that nobody would ever think. I think 21 Drum Street made a joke about it. And it was just remakes, reboots, sequels for no reason. And they were just garbage. They were just ter terrible. Like, why? Like, do we really need a Coming to America 2? Even though that went straight to streaming, it feels like sometimes they won't even release in theaters. It would go straight to streaming. And it's just like, I, that's how I felt with the mid-2010s. It just did not, uh, there was no good quality films. I mean, there were some a little bit, but the sequels and reboots era, you could just tell it's like, oh my God, they're dying now. Why can't anybody just come up with something original and just make make a good film? I mean, come on, get a better script and respect the lore, even if it's a sequel, but respect the lore. It's like, gee, Jesus, man, Hollywood, I feel like we're still into that. It's almost like a part two of it, but it's like, what, what Disney should do is that we need a Renaissance part two. Since they had one in the late 80s, we need a renaissance part two. Something for animation. And But even like right now, we need a renaissance, guys. Which movie do you think has the highest box office grossing this year? Okay, well, I know that, I know the Barbie movie's making millions of dollars, but it's not number one. The number one film is still the Super Mario Brothers film, and Mission Impossible is like barely coming alive it's it's going to a slow start but you know even if i don't pay attention to box office numbers i want to see if the film still holds up in the quality and i'm giving it till the end of the year okay it's not over yet i'm waiting till the end of the year i'd be surprised if mission Impossible gets a, a bullet shot right all, all the way to number one i would be surprised but i'm waiting till the end of the year i'm surprised mario brothers is still holding and it, it was a pretty good entertaining film but Either way, box office, I'm a little bit, I, I get what the numbers are showing, and at the same time, I'm not, I, I just want to see if the movie still holds up, so I'll wait till the end of the year. Favorite superhero? Superman. Why not? He's my favorite DC hero. And if I had to say who's my favorite Marvel hero, it's Spider-Man. So yeah, Superman's my favorite. Hey, Gabriel, what is the perfect action film you would recommend? Okay, um... Oh, sh there's, shit, there's a lot. Okay, if you want to see it, an awesome action film that takes place in a dystopian future, watch The Matrix. If you want to see an action film um, that takes place in the past and future, but you want to see some great action stunts, watch Terminator 1 and 2. Or if you want to see an action movie star within it, see Tom Cruise, the Mission Impossible series. 
Like, those are great eight action films. If you want to see Keanu Reeves kicking ass, why not watch Speed or maybe the John Wick series? I mean, that's how you do real action set pieces and, and how good the direction is. Those are great action films. I would recommend watching those. I just saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Those films are epic even to this day. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, Peter Jackson, really talented director. Now, here's the thing. I was never a bit I was never a big Lord of the Rings fan growing up. I was aware of the of the books, but I never but I never was a huge fan of the films. But then it wasn't until like years later, later as I was like I think when I was in my late teens, then I then I saw the films and I and I respect the hell of that trilogy. That I really like the first one. And I'm not one of those people people who say who say like, oh, Lord of the Rings is a masterpiece. This is better than this and this and that. No, 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 no. I respect the trilogy. I just wasn't a huge fan, but I do respect like, the lore and I get why those films are famous. But the Lord of the Rings, they're they're great. They're great. Hey, if you, if you haven't seen the films, go watch them. Or if you're a fan of the book. Hooks, read the books and then watch the films, you know, they're well-made movies. Hostman, who would, who would win in a fight, The Rock or Schwarzenegger? Uh, pro if it's if it's going to be The Rock versus Schwarzenegger, maybe not now, but if it was The Rock versus Arnold Schwarzenegger in his bodybuilding years and his Terminator years, my money's going to go on Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just think he has he's a better potential on killing The Rock. He's fucking Terminator. So Arnold Schwarzenegger, just imagine him killing The Rock. Ha! <laughs> the Rock? Now I will break the rock. Yeah, that's really that's a really bad impression. Gabriel, why do these old films keep getting rebooted and they suck? Well, that's what I just said. I said it in my later questions. Yeah, they just lack creativity. And you know what I noticed? I think it's there's a big, huge gap here between when the films were made. Just think about it. Dumb and Dumber came out in 94, and then they made a sequel to 2015 which was Dumb and Dumber 2 and yes there was like you know script rewrites who's producing directing who acquires the rights if the actors want to do it but it just feels like a long gap like that that's not gonna not gonna go well because the chemistry and just like the timing of the jokes and maybe sometimes the jokes they're just not funny anymore it's too like inappropriate it just feels like it's just the timing when the film came out it's just like unnecessary uncalled for and it's like do we really need a sequel and then I hear people talking about they should get Wayne's World 3. It's like, dude, people have been asking for Wayne's World 3 since 1993. I just think it's the gap year on comedy films or especially in a series like that. That kind of causes a problem on why they're not getting made and why are people even, do, do they even want to watch these anymore? Like now recently, we're going to get a Good Burger 2 but it's gonna go straight to Paramount Plus. So it's like, but I just saw it as its own film. I don't think it needed to be a sequel. So it's just, I don't know. Are you gonna get the new Spider-Man game soon for the PS5? No, not yet. I don't even have a PS5. I wanna get that soon, but I really wanna get the new Spider-Man game. I mean, with with the black suit and Venom's gonna be the villain and hopefully the Green Goblin, I wanna play A that game. I really love the first game on the PS4. I love the web swinging sequences. I literally played all in, in Tobey Maguire's suit throughout the whole game. And yeah, I love the costumes, the f action sequence, the f like the fighting in the game. That that was fun. Spider-Man 1 really was like the best Spider-Man game we've ever had. I can't wait for Spider-Man 2, and I'm going to get that soon down the road. Hostman, who is your favorite comedian? Favorite comedian? Uh, 
Does it have to be recently or old? You know what? I'm going to try both. I really love Chris Rock. Chris Rock is a hilarious comedian and Dave Chappelle. And I thought Louis C.K. Louis C.K. I thought was funny. Even from his little allegation, I'm like, who cares? That really means nothing. Louis C.K. is funny. But if I had to pick an old school comic, uh, I like George Carlin and Jerry Seinfeld. Even though Seinfeld sort of comes clean, but he's fun, funny. And George Carlin, I, you see, I love comedians where they're never afraid to cross over the line. Even if it sounds kind of offensive or or very, very, like, very edgy or really dark, sick humor. I like that kind of stuff. I miss comedians like that. We need more comics like him. Not like those safe ones where they where they keep on praising and they have to be safe at the same time and it just feels one-sided. No, I want to, I, I want comedians like George Carlin where they're not afraid to step over the line and just say whatever, ever. So, yeah. I saw Varsity Blues a couple nights ago. I miss Paul Walker. Yeah, man, me too. I miss Paul Walker. He was a good guy. He would have had a long movie career. And Varsity Blues, that's an underrated high school football film. When I saw that the first time, not only it had like that sort of rebel against authority type film, but just but I just liked how the main character Moxie. It, it, all he does is that he does he doesn't want to just play football. He wants to get out out of the he wants to get out of his hometown of Texas and do something else. And the coach by John Voight, Jesus, that guy is such an asshole. I mean, I mean, if you watch that film, go see John Voight as in Varsity Blues where he's the head coach. He is just a, he's literally like the worst football coach you ever had. He just has an ego. He always treats his players like shit. It's like, I, I swear, you should give a big fuck you to Bud Kilmer. It's like, no no coach should be like him. But Varsity Blues, un underrated film. Go, uh, go watch it. It's a good time. Sausage Party was on the other night. I was laughing hysterically. Oh, Sausage Party. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailer on YouTube before it hit the theaters. I, I would hear a lot of parents being shocked because it's an animated film. And a lot of people thought it was a kid's film. And, and then when they started cursing and doing those jokes, I was like, oh, we're not going to take them that. That was perfect. Like really funny marketing what they were doing in this film what they should have done is they should have like cut out the jokes and the and the cursing on the trailers and then as soon as they go see the film in theaters then they realize what the what they're in for it's an r-rated film and that, that would have been like a hysterical turnoff for like parents taking their kids to see that film oh I, I swear i thought the premise was funny it's just food coming to life and they're being eaten by humans but if you guys remember the the last part of Sausage Party, I think you know what scene I'm talking about, where all the foods were... Oh, God. I, I swear, I almost lost my appetite in that, in that sequence. There were, like... Let's just say they're getting some, but I almost lost my appetite. If you haven't seen Sausage Party, go watch it. It has Seth Rogen, uh, James Franco, Michael Ciro. Go watch it. Hey, Gabriel, I just got Domino's Pizza, and now I'm watching Commando for the entertainment. Good for you, man. Domino's Pizza and Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger kicking ass. Awesome. That just feels like a Call of Duty film with, like, 0% killstreak and invincibility-like mode. But, yeah, Commando. Over-the-top action films. We never get those anymore, but go see Schwarzenegger with the 80s classic Commando. Per good for you. Hostman, will you go see Blue Beetle? Oh, starring Miguel Diaz from Cobra Kai is the Blue Beetle. Maybe, but that just feels like a CW film, um, like made for that network. 
I don't know. It just seems forgettable. Like, now, if it was a Teen Titans film and he was in it, maybe I could go see that. But the Blue Beetle as a solo film, uh, he's an okay character, but I don't think it deserves its own movie. But, nah, probably not. What is the best racing game ever? Uh, probably Gran Turismo. Or maybe, or maybe the Motor Storm series. Probably Gran Turismo. I know they're making a movie of Gran Turismo coming out late in August, and I want to. I probably want to go see that because I heard the racing sequences are good. But yeah, now another video game adaptation gonna be a movie. I hope it's good. All right, guys, we're down to the last question here, and that'll be it for the day. Gabriel, if you had the DeLorean time machine, where would you go? Okay, if I had the Delor the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh my god, that would be like the the greatest car I've ever had. I would travel to all over the 20th century, but if I had to choose a place, I would want to spend, I would go to, to, and I would spend about a week there. Like, I would want to go, I would, if I had that, I would go back to the early 2000s. Like, from 2000 or 2002, I want to spend about a week there. I just remember we just had good TV, good TV, good movies, everybody was laid back. Or if I would go back to 1997 to 98. Like, okay, I would go from the early 2000s to the 90s to the mid-80s, hell, even to the 50s. I want to go to every single decade of, that, of the 20th century and spend about a week there. The DeLorean, that would be awesome. I've always wanted to see what that time is like. Alright guys, that will be the end for question and answers. And if you have any more questions, just please feel free to email me. Go go follow my Instagram on GFE underscore Hostman, which is the undertitled Gabriel's Flick Experience. Don't forget to follow me on Spotify and Instagram. And if you have questions, you can also go tap one of my Spotify episodes. Tap on the episode, scroll down and answer any of the questions because I always leave questions below. Oh, and just keep listening to my recent episodes. Be sure to keep on listening for more or and keep on listening into the show. So this is the host man saying to you all, good night, everyone.